This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Welcome into the Odds Couple, presented by Prop Swap. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco. Carmen down at the draft in Kansas City, getting his eyes and hands on the can- the draft happening in Kansas City. And I'm in for Carmen with Mike North and the Odds Couple. Mark, Mike, what's up? I got to tell you, I'm all Jay. over the place this morning. I'm tired, man. Oh, that's okay, baby. I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, that Carmen's out there. What's he doing? I mean, is he a fanboy or did he go on assignment? Uh, he's on assignment. He's out there with Yerk uh, oh, and our, the, the great beautiful. Jake Cantu. They're doing some shows down there, so okay. they're taking care of business. That's awesome. First I think they're all. also dabbling in some barbecue, so they're no strangers well, to having fun either. That's absolutely awesome. I'm sure most of them were stunned that the Bears finally made the right move. One of the few drafts in Bear history that I've actually liked because, you know, uh, I'm hearing even from uh, the national people, how could the Bears not take Jalen Carter? I hear from people in Las Vegas, how could the Bears not take Jalen Carter when they passed on Jalen Carter and took a defensive end? Now, uh, if he was the blue chipper he was supposed to be, then, you know what, he would have been taken before. But here's the thing. When you're Ryan Poles and you're trying to build a new football team and you got a president that is above board when it comes to character, okay, a new president, and you're trying to change the future and you need a new stadium, the face of your franchise or one of them better not be a guy that could have been charged with felony vehicle manslaughter and came in sluggish and overweight at the Combine and did bad interviews because I really firmly believe the Bears wanted him. But then they did their due diligence, and for once I think they made not only the safe move, but also a move that's as good as any in the draft, in my opinion. So I'm very congratulatory when it comes to Ryan Poles. And you know me, Shay. I don't give anybody any quarter. I throw compliments for the Bears around, you know, like sewer covers. But that being said, very good job, I think, especially with the intangibles that were not very good for Jalen Carter, and he knows that. Well, look, I know I'm a lesser-known quantity than the great Mike North, but I think you and I are kind of a similar mindset in that we're not going to carry water for anybody. But I think, like, looking at the draft last night, well, morning of, I figure Jalen Carter was not in the Bears' plans whatsoever. They were never going to take him. Mm -hmm. And they get to that pick, and let's talk about Jalen Carter for a minute because you mentioned Mm -hmm. some of the character issues, and I get it, like the, the, the potential to be charged with something, the arrest warrant, leaving the scene where two bodies, you know, were, it's scary stuff. But to me, what you brought up, when you're talking about a football team, uh-huh. the workout and the desire and, and the effort level, that's what stood out I to agree. me more than anything. I agree. That's a good point, too. It's not only he had the off-the-field problem. He had some issues with the on-field. I know what he did when he played. Yeah. But that's a great call because I think what you're trying to tell me, because I'll tell you the first thing that, that everybody better know. Anybody that is bum-wrapping the Bears for not taking Jalen Carter probably had Jalen Carter tickets going to the Bears on Prop Swap. We'll talk to Luke about that when he comes <laughs> on, number one. Number two, there's nobody walking in to ESPN with the most greatest resume of all time 
at the start of a career with that on their resume and getting a gig. Now, if you're 10 years down the line, hey, if you're Ray Lewis, you're right. you've already established yourself. But nobody is taking a kid, a young man, and I don't know how many people you grew up with that were up on charges for it like this. I didn't. But I know this. I'm starting a new business. He's not my one of my first major hires, period, Ed Story. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think yeah. the character kind of blends into the yeah, effort absolutely. level and the taking the plays off and the things that we've heard about him. Like, my biggest worry was always, when you look back in college, he only played about half the snaps at Georgia. Agreed. People draw that up to, well, Georgia was blowing people out all the time. You're bringing them out of games that you're winning by 40. You don't need them out there for every snap. There were closer games yep. where he wasn't out there for every snap. He was only in, on the field for half of them. So then when you mix in some off-the-field stuff, and then he's showing up fat to the workout, and he can't complete his drills, and he doesn't do all the drills. That's, yeah, I, I start to get a little concerned. Um, I will say, I think the Eagles are as good of a landing spot as there Agreed. is for somebody like that. If he's on the 85 Bears, there's 15 guys in right. the locker room that will pick him up like a cat. The and Eagles, throw him out the, yeah, and the Eagles are the perfect space. They have those guys in place. They've got you know uh, Fletcher Cox. They've got yes. Hassan Reddick. They've got some Georgia Bulldogs there that can. They got him a Super in. Bowl participation deal from last year. Yeah, they have a guy who's uh, showing himself in Nick Sirianni to be kind of an excellent coach. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's not a coincidence either that at 30, they got Nolan Smith. And you bring along the leader of that Georgia team mm -hmm. with Jalen Carter. I don't think that's coincidence. And I think it was kind of a sad no, move by Philly. I congratulate them. But you can't do, the Bears could not do what they were able to do. I'll give you another one. I like this guy. I'm going to give him a chance. But I wanted the kid from Northwestern. I'm not going to make a secret of it. If his major flaws, he's got short arms. Are you kidding me? Or, or even for our guy, short arms. I, I, all I know is people can't get by him. And Skaronsky, I talked to a scout, and he says to me, "Well, he's not going to play tackle uh, in the and in, in, in for the Bears yeah. if he goes to the Bears." Well, <laughs> I mean, I I go back to uh, uh, Kyle Long. He was a guard. He played a, a full season at tackle. My p old partner, Dan Jiggets, was never a guard. I mean, was never a tackle. And Mike Ditka walked up to him and said, you're playing tackle against Detroit. He goes, I never played tackle. He goes, I don't have anybody. And Dan got beat up on that day. So the nonsense, I think Skaronsky's a triple threat. I think he could play guard, of course. He's mean. His dad, I mean, I saw his grandfather play, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, so I think he would have been a nice pick, too, but I have no complaints. Yet. And Titans got a hell of a player in Skaronsky. I don't have any complaints either, Mike. I think when you really look at this, like, I kind of wanted the big swing. I, I was pretty vocal pre-draft. I wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba. I wanted the That's double fine. down at wide receiver. I the wanted the Alabama defensive end. Yeah, That's what I wanted. Uh, yeah, so Will Anderson, right? Right. Yeah, so there's like I wanted the bigger swing mm -hmm. and going on offense, getting Justin Fields help that way. That's and beautiful. It's not like I had a bet on it, but to not see that happen, I'm not torn up about it because addressing offensive line, there's nothing wrong with What's it. The best. It's safer. It's a little more boring, but it also they didn't finally listen to the media. Right. It's one of those picks where it's like there's no risk here. Or, I mean, obviously there's risk with any pick, but there's very little risk on this and it feels like you're prioritizing what's best for the future of the franchise. Agreed. That's a huge thing for the Bears. Agreed. Let's react a little bit to uh, the rest of the draft. Mm -hmm. I want to start with what was probably the most surprising pick 
in this draft, if not in maybe any draft, was the Detroit Lions at 12. After they traded out of six uh, with Arizona, they go down to 12. And I was kind of thinking, okay, this team just saw Jamison Williams get a six-game suspension for gambling. Mm -hmm. Maybe they go wide receiver. Christian Gonzalez still on the board when he maybe shouldn't be, and they need defensive help. Maybe they go corner. You know, Lucas Van Ness was there if they wanted to go edge and add to that pass rush that's gotten nasty. And then they turn the table over. What about Jameer Gibbs? <laughs> what about running back? Well, I mean, yeah, especially since you're set there. I mean, this reminds me of the Matt Millen years. Uh, when he came in, and every year they took a receiver. They didn't build the yeah. line. They took a receiver when they had receivers, and receivers are hard, are easy to find. Just like running backs. Now, look, I have nothing against their pick. It's just unnecessary. And and that's what you – it's not against the kid. It's just – I expected more out of Chris Spielman and that hierarchy, especially after their year last year where, right. you know, golf came back from the dead and actually played good football, quietly should have been maybe comeback player of the year if you really want to look from where he came. But yet he was a former Super Bowl quarterback – I just thought they'd go in the trenches a little more. Maybe, uh, you know, or, 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 and this is going to shock everybody, I know Pete Carroll liked Jalen Carter, but Pete Carroll likes, for the Seahawks, character guys. So he wasn't going to go there. And they I went thought, with Devin Witherspoon, and really, I, they already had a great secondary. Now you get Tariq right. Woolen and Devin Witherspoon. It's a really good team in Seattle. That's right. So what I thought they'd do is give Hutchinson a playmate. You're Detroit. Carter, but maybe they thought, you know what, we address a lot of our line problems just with Hutchinson, the way he's been so far. Maybe we can pick somebody up on free agent and go in a different direction. But the pick is is mind-boggling, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, I really, I couldn't believe it. And I think uh, in, a, in a little bit, after we talk to Lou Pergandi from PropSwap, mm-hmm. we're going to go through some of the NFL win totals. Sure. And maybe the first round impacted the way we looked at some of these. Uh, is there any ticket, Mike, that you had on the first round of the draft last night that just got lit on fire? Well, I didn't do what a lot of people did and listen to the hype about people. Okay, because it didn't come out that way. I mean, three weeks ago, I was saying, you know, they were saying Stroud didn't get a good test score. I mean, I thought I was back at the grammar school listening to this nonsense instead of trying to find a quarterback for yourself. You know, Uh, everybody had uh, uh, leakage coming out, hurting people. Who's the kid that came out of nowhere that hasn't even been drafted yet, the quarterback? Will Levis. Yes. He came out of nowhere. The worst pick of the night is four. I don't care. You know what? who that kid is, Anthony Richardson? He played at a school that played a couple tough teams. He looked good, but he's a, pro- he's a prospect not accurate. He's Blake Bortles, and Blake Bortles had one good year. Yeah. He's Blake Bortles who can run, okay? But you can't pick a kid at four that's unproven and that has accuracy issues at 50% for his career. Last year, 13 games uh, total? And That's there's, nuts. There's some stuff that goes along with it, too. He threw deep more than any quarterback in college football. So mm-hmm. when that percentage of your throws are deep down the field, I don't expect you to put up 70% accuracy. I agree, uh, but I saw Stroud. Now, this is another one. They say that every quarterback in the draft 
had a quicker release time than the Ohio State quarterback. Well, that's what I've been preaching with Fields forever, and the other quarterbacks have never had a full pan out with Ohio State. You just scramble, and eventually an all-pro type receiver like Marvin Harrison's going to get open. And how about during the broadcast, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh-huh. they started playing the C.J. Stroud highlight reel oh after he gets God. picked, and Mel Kuyper's going, yeah, a lot of this was pitch and catch, but he delivers a beautiful ball, and I can already see right. the writing on the wall. It'll be the same criticisms that have plagued Fields throughout his career. Exactly he right. can't process. He doesn't go through the progressions. He doesn't know what's happening on the field, and he just throws a beautiful deep ball. Marvin Harrison might be the greatest receiver in football today, last year, yeah, when right. he was in college. Come on. Yeah, it's unbelievable. What did yep. you think? So Will Levis falling. The thing I found interesting I, is everybody still says Will Levis is the most pro-ready day one guy, but no. wasn't the guy that got taken. Like Anthony Richardson, the wow. rap on him is he's a year away. The rap on Stroud is he's a year away. The rap on Bryce Young is he's ready to go, but he's small and something. he's got to put some weight on. Will Levis was day one. He could start for your team, but he might already be at a ceiling. I will say this with no problem. I, I, I like to go out on the ledge. You know me. I like to push the envelope. That kid at four is going to be a bust. You know, you don't automatically in a year away become a 65% passer when you couldn't do it in your in college, for God's sake. <laughs> Come on. I hear you, Mike. All right, we will talk to Luke Pergandi from Prop Swap coming up. Uh, about 10 minutes, we will have some NFL win totals for you, and then we'll talk to Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racetrack, a little later on. lot to do here. It is The Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Welcome back in to The Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco. He's down with the boys in Kansas City getting an up-close and personal look at the draft. Mike North in with me as always. And we have Luke Pergandi from Prop Swap. Luke, what's going on? What a day. What's up, guys? How we doing? Great, man. So the draft yesterday, we were just talking off the air briefly. What was the biggest surprise that you saw on the board yesterday? Uh, Got to be Anthony Richardson to the Colts. Uh, that was an absolute stunner. Um, you know, just typically they don't reach like that. You know, the Colts are kind of a traditional organization. The guy, of course, only has 13 starts at Florida. He's obviously a freak athlete, so this isn't taking anything away from him, but um, for a team that needs a quarterback yesterday, uh, that was that was a head scratcher. So, uh, and then that you know, as always with the NFL draft, that impacts the rest of the round when a when a long shot uh, goes that high. So you know, we the the best bet that sold on Prop Swap was a Will Levis bet to go top five overall. He got him at fifty to one. This customer did oh, wow. got a hundred bucks, and he sold it for three thousand. Wow. Uh, once that Reddit rumor, I don't know if you guys saw this Reddit rumor yeah, a few days before the draft. Yeah, like just basically saying he told his family that he was going to go one overall. Um, so this customer turned 100 bucks into 3000 on a, on a total rumor. Well, and quickly, you'll like this story because I was holding a Will Levis 22-1 to 1 ticket, and I didn't sell it on PropSwap, and now I have the biggest regret ever. I should have just gotten <laughs> rid of that thing the other day. Yeah, for now, sure. Like, yeah, I mean, what, like... Yeah, Mike. Like you say, you could have sold it and then taken some of the money and rebet it 
with Will Levis and not held on to it. And that's what right. I think the biggest message has been at Prop Swap. I would say this, the Jalen Carter uh, move by the Bears was the right move. I, it's too young an organization. There's nobody in the locker room that could push him around uh, that would, you know, stand up to him. You got the Eagles with the right spot. But, uh, you know, there's no doubt that the off-the-field problems had something to do with it. But Shea brought up a good point. I think if he knocks out the combine and knocks out the interviews, they, they already settled the situation. There's a good shot that he should have gone sooner, but there's something still missing there. I think there's a lack of trust with a lot of organizations with the team, and I think the 85 Bears or the old Steelers or the Eagles are the right place right now for him to be. Yep. No, totally agree. It makes sense for us to pass on him, and I think it makes sense for, for Philly to take him. They, they obviously have you know his friends with Dean um, already on that team. Then they added the, the Nolan Smith linebacker later on, in the first round. So, yeah, I think it made a ton of sense for Philly to do it. I also think it made sense for us to pass. Totally agree with you, Mike. It's not really a veteran on the defensive side of the ball. We, of no. course, just got T.J. Edwards from Philadelphia, the Chicago kid. He'll be a linebacker for the Bears. He's young. You know, that kid's like 25, I think. Um, and then we got Tremon Edmonds from – Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills, also a younger guy. I think he's like 30, 29. So, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I You know, there's not really a – a veteran like an Urlacher from, you know, a decade ago that should kind of coach him up. Um, so it was a little bit too risky, and I, I get the Bears passing. Uh, Luke, did you see any, like, increased sales of tickets on Prop Swap with some of the hype that goes around? I It's been a while since I've seen a draft that was this mysterious and chaotic where it felt like yeah. hype just kept moving the stock on guys the closer and closer we got to it actually happening. And I kept wondering yeah. in my regret of not selling Will Levis if more people were selling tickets than usual. Yeah, I mean, we're setting a record on each sport every year. We're fortunate to be in a growing industry like sports. But yes, the NFL draft yet again sets a new high on Brawl I think. Uh, but last year we did not set a new record, and that was because not many quarterbacks I believe no quarterbacks were picked in the first round last year, but it's all based on quarterbacks. And of course, this year, you know, you had two go back to back, and then uh, Richardson go at four. So um, it's all based on quarterbacks, and this had a ton of, of interesting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, ton of interest on it. It's it's always fun to me to see how many people bet on the NFL draft, which is not a competition. It's just you know teams picking players. So uh, yeah, the Will Levis was the big one. Um, a ton of steam was um, on Jalen Carter to go five. We sold a ton of bets on him. He, of course, uh, slipped until, you know, what was that, nine. Um, and then uh, Will Anderson to go two. People were buying and selling on. Uh, of course, he didn't go until three. C.J. Stroud went two. So those were kind of the, the big odd shifters before the draft and actually didn't happen. So, of course, your props up. doesn't matter what happens. As long as the odds shift in your favor, you can make some cash. Well, I tell you, Stroud is the guy I talked about earlier. I think a lot of people are going to find out his release time was the slowest among every quarterback. He went to Ohio State with some great receivers like Marvin Harrison. He had a lot of time to throw. We're looking at the same type of situation where his reaction time is being questioned, yet he went number two. Uh I, I, I just think with Ohio State's record so far and Justin Fields is coming maybe, but he hasn't been there yet. Are you a little mystified that he went to, especially with the rumors, and then they tried to put the grade point average out and all this other nonsense? 
Yeah, no, that's a great point about about his release time being slow. I, I totally agree with you, Mike. That is a huge problem in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, an extreme example would be Tim Tebow. His release was sure. you know like a whirlwind when he was throwing the football, and you just can't have that long of a release in the NFL. I, I agree with you, Mike. Um, I, I thought Bryce Young was the clear-cut number one. I, I know it's risky that he's a little bit smaller. you just got to gamble that he'll be able to stay healthy and you know the offensive line can keep him on his feet long enough. Um so, but then what do you do after that? Like, is was Levis the answer? I, I think Richardson is too much of a project. That will that will take too much time to get him up to stuff. I I hear you, Mike. But w- what's Houston supposed to do? Just wait till next year and grab grab a quarterback? It, I agree. A tough call. I agree with that that reasoning. Also, I really don't. Luke Pagani joining us from Prop Swap. Luke, thanks as always, thanks, buddy. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. You Take too. care. You too. Oh, get a man. I'm not sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> How about that, North? I, I mean, I get the surprise behind the Anthony Richardson pick. I oh, will God. say I made money on it. I had Anthony Richardson under four you know and a half being plus 260. What's that? You know what him being picked fourth is? It's like me being valedictorian of my summer school class. I mean, come on. <laughs> you weren't up to, up to stuff I mean, there, I huh? couldn't get out of my junior year and... and, and Anybody, you could sell yourself on anything. I, I'll tell you what. I mean, that's as far a stretch, me being an academic, as him being the fourth pick in the NFL draft. And I'm also going to say this, and I know Shea takes some of this with a grain of salt, but I've been doing this. I remember when the Bears took a guy named Dick Evie, 1964. He was going to be the next Merlin Olsen. And then Shea McClellan. I could go all night long like Lionel Richie, okay? I'm just going to tell everybody this. 15, I heard two scouts say out of the 30 teams or however there are, there's only 15 legit first-rounders where they can make a difference maybe. That's what we're looking at here, guys. A lot of busts too, don't forget, right, Jay? It does feel like the draft every year is such a crapshoot and like, you might take, you might win the draft on draft night. And by the way, these draft grades that come out are so garbage. Oh please! I mean, you get. The, I wish I had none that like this that gave me an A when right. I could do my homework. Well, and it's like everybody's giving uh, the Bears an A plus today, and maybe oh, they deserve it, and I think that they do. But it's also like a bit extreme, right? This it wasn't some big risky no. pick. It was just the safe, easy, clearly Nobody correct thing get to an do. A, Shay. Right? You don't know. Like everybody should be getting an incomplete. But I Until we see you, some of these guys go. We are the home of the homers, yet we don't have hardly anybody in any team that's been past the second round in any sport in, in a decade almost, okay? I'm going to just tell everybody this. I heard national grades from the so-called other people that had to look up who the guy was that the Bears even drafted last night, but they're giving the Bears everything from a C to a D because they didn't take Jalen Carter that's an A in my world, period. I get the argument because it is, like, Jalen Carter was the best prospect in then the draft. Then why isn't he gone to 4-9? Right, and also, the other thing is, too, like, if it was up to the Eagles to call your bluff, it doesn't feel like any of the teams behind Philly were jumping to get on the phone and make a deal to get up to 9 and take Jalen Carter. It kind of felt like... Well, the Bears maybe will pick him, or maybe somebody's going to race. But no, at the end of the day, it was the Eagles calling the bluff. Shay, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say where did you stand on this? Where did you stand on this? But I always sense a sense a pattern with people I've been following for years, people that I know from the media, personal friends of mine. But they were already okay. They were ready 
the usual cast of characters to say, thank God we got Jalen Carter, and to build him up like he was Dan Hampton, for God's sake. They're the same group that thinks that the White Sox rebuild worked. They're the same group that think Jay Cutler was a winning quarterback. I sense the pattern all the time. I want to thank the Bears for finally not falling in love with what the media, not all, but the, a lot of people that have been holding positions for a long time, finally they lost out. They didn't get the controversial pick that might have sunk Ryan Poles before he even started. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco with Carms Down in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, up close and personal with the NFL I'll draft. be out with the bonus pick today with him at 148. That's beautiful stuff. Uh, when we come back, I want to get into some of these NFL win totals now that we have a first round done in the mm-hmm. draft. They came out a couple weeks ago. I want to go through some of these with you, Mike. And then a little later on, we're still going to talk to Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse. Still a lot to do on the odds couple. Don't go anywhere. Uh, presented by Prop Swap right here on ESPN 1000. This is the Odds Couple on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. This is the Odds Couple with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco. The Odds Couple on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Welcome back in to the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco, the boys down in Kansas City. Mike, are you a little jealous we missed out on that trip? Good barbecue on that trip. I was stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas. I'm not jealous about anything in Kansas. <laughs> I went to see the Allman Brothers in the group Chicago back in 1974. I was I was watching sports on TV before replay. I'm not jealous of anything. I like sitting on the couch now. That's hysterical. It's one of those. <laughs> Kansas has to be like the most flyover state of flyover oh, states yeah. to me too. I'd like to go to Kansas City for a weekend, but, but where I lived, oh, there's Manhattan. nothing to do there. I lived in Manhattan, Kansas. I lived across the street when I was at Fort Riley from Kansas State University. He had the time of my life, and I didn't have to go to Vietnam, so it worked out. I ended up living in a college town 18 miles from the fort with three of my buddies, so it turned out okay. I also want to pull the curtain back a little bit, and Mm -hmm. you and I talking throughout the week about doing this show. I have a question about texting with you. Is there a rhyme to the reasoning of using zeros for O's? Yeah, I've been told my uh, texts look like ransom notes. Um... Yeah, it's like you cut them out of a magazine. Yeah, I cut them out of a magazine, have your child at the bus stop by 8 o'clock with a box. Uh, You know, basically, I I could be the texter for somebody asking for ransom, and Shane knows it, but it's a flip phone. And I decide not to use the O because I got to wait. MNO, you got to press the thing three times, and I'd rather just go to zero. Was there a problem reading it? That's the thing. Oh, absolutely not. I can figure Um, it out. It's I'm. I mean, I mean, I probably have the mentality of one of your roommates, so I think that. You know, I the mean, flip just, to phone is you, incredible. Just, just to send you a pizza is a work in progress, okay? There you go. The, <laughs> the flip phone's unbelievable. Throwing it back to the days of being able to Absolutely. slam it shut on someone. Oh, and when nobody would take a picture of you. Oh, the good old days, huh? Oh, baby. All right, Mikey, let's get to some of these NFL win totals. So we we have the first round of the draft Uh, in the books. uh, Uh, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of impact on some of these markets. By half the teams, no. Yeah, the first one I want to start with. So the Lions uh, have a rather crazy line. 
obviously the darlings of the offseason. Everybody loved the way that they finished uh, last season on a 7-2 and two run, 5-1 and one in the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers leaves the division. Uh, you've got a Minnesota team that's not anywhere close to as good as their record said they were a year ago. The first team in NFL history with a negative point differential to win 13 games. I mean, that's just what they were able to do is almost blind luck. And then you get to this Detroit team that was one of, I believe, the fourth best point differential in the NFC. Uh-huh. And really, if not for some brain-dead decision-making love by their head did. coach. Yeah. Love. Well, love what they did last year. Yeah, early in the season, if not for some really horrible decision-making, they would be in the playoffs. They would have been a 10-11 win team. They would have had a really nice season. So they became the darlings of this offseason. Uh-huh. And then yesterday's draft happened. The first round, they take Jameer Gibbs. Uh, then they go and take Jack Campbell out of Iowa, a middle linebacker from 1985. Right. They're acting like they want to win. You know, That's su- Iowa. They're acting like they want to win Super Bowl twenty two. So their win total... Uh, is nine and a half right now, juiced to the over, minus yeah. 150 to go over nine and a half. And I got to tell you, they burned some of the goodwill that they had built up with me. No doubt. With this first round in the draft. I still think they probably go over just because of the division that they play in. You get the two games against the Bears. You get the two against the Pack. Mm. I don't think the Vikings are anything to write home about. Right. But is, is this team, have they damaged their reputation enough that you would start to look at a plus money under here? I think you should because look, I I think taking a running back in the draft for the first round or is a no no. I think maybe they took the wrong running back uh, if they were going to take it. Uh, Robinson's a running back, is he not? Uh, was he gone by then, Bijan Robinson? Yeah, he was taken uh, at eight. Yeah, I think they. I mean, that, that's the, the deal is Detroit took had a chance to take him right. Because they didn't, they pick six. Yep, and they traded out of that with Arizona. Yeah, I'm trying to. What's the difference here? But I'm going to say this. They remind me of a team that feels good about what they did last year, and there's a little arrogance to their picks, and there's not much sense in it. I know there's some people that don't know a damn thing about football that that do it, that talk about it. But I know there's the other half that do know what they're talking about, and when in unison, Shay. Nobody knows why the hell Indianapolis did what they did and Detroit did what they did Yeah, is, is the situation here. And we'll see. I would probably lean under. So we also, I want to talk to you about the Packers. Uh, I, I think they, oh, by the way, just to wrap up the Lions, I do think that they probably go over. I just don't know that I can bet it at minus the 150. The last time they won anything prevalent, their quarterback was hung over with no face mask. That's a, a Bobby Lane. I mean, there's a reason teams stopped themselves. The Detroit Lions were on the road to positivity. But don't tell me some ex-Lion, some, I'm not ex-Lion, some Lions players yeah. who were watching at home last night scratching their head going, what? I think we have other needs. Uh, sticking with the uh, NFC North, the Packers. I love sticking with the NFC North. The Packers win total. Uh, tell me, like... This is too easy. Even with the juiced number, this feels too easy. The Packers' win total is seven and a half mm-hmm. minus one fifty to the under. There's no way that this Packer team wins eight games. Am I crazy? I think you're crazy because maybe this kid Love may end up like Purdy. Uh, nobody expects anything because he played behind a very good quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. I'll never say he's a great quarterback. Statistically, he is. But the, the fact that he won more MVPs than Tom Brady is mind-staggeringly 
stupid in my opinion, but that's about individual statistics. But do they deserve, after being 23-5, and five, during the Rodgers years, but they did have other contributors, do they deserve to be 7-1 to one odds behind the Chicago Bears in fourth position to win the division? I don't think so. I think Green Bay could come in and win two games next year, too. Stranger, th- I mean, it's not a strange thing. No, they I, own the Bears. I totally disagree. I think this Green Bay team's horrible. It might be, but you know what? Maybe. But uh, aren't the other teams? You're acting like we're in the one of the other divisions. You know, I don't. Three or four good teams. And so we'll get to the Bears here, too. Because Are the Bears all that good? I don't think they're terrible, Mike. But, I, but see, that's what a Green Bay fan would say about Green Bay. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm not a Bears fan, so it's well, easy for me you? to say I, I'm a Patriots fan that's wondering what the hell my team is doing. At least we got <laughs> Christian Gonzalez. All right, but you do radio in town. You know the team like anybody. But I think taking the Packers to win the division would be a good buy at 7-1 to right now. I actually am starting to wonder if there's a little value to do it for the Bears. Why not? If you well, go that's with a the, good point, too. If you want to go with the Bears to win the division, their Aren't win we all total... guessing here, Shea? Are we we are. Their win total right now, though, seven and a half. It's juiced to the over. People uh-huh. think this is a team that can win eight games. I think they're a team that could really shock some people, and then maybe not to the level of a Jacksonville a year ago. But at the same time, why not? You play in a division that's going to be, we think, absolutely pretty bad. Uh, if Fields takes the necessary steps, he happen. could become the best quarterback in the division. It could happen. You now have a right tackle in place. We hope Braxton Jones is an answer at left tackle. They went out and got a number one receiver. But what you're saying is to win the division, they almost have to sweep the competition. Do you think they can sweep Minnesota? Do you think, you know... I, and again, Mike, Minnesota's a team... I, I don't think much of Minnesota at all. Minnesota's a team a year ago, they should have won eight games. I agree. And they lucked their way into 13. They won a lot of close games. But that's part of part of winning. I mean, you can't win every game running away. I'm going to just say this. I think that it's up for grabs. I'm not going to discount any of the four teams. I think there's always there's five, six teams every year that went to the playoffs the previous year that don't come back. So I'm not discounting anybody. Yeah. I think there's parity in football, just like there was uh, parity last night in the draft, period. One last thing I want to ask about before we get out of this conversation. The uh, Buffalo Bills win total 10.5, juice to the over. Ooh. The way people talk about this team, I you would think they have accomplished absolutely nothing. I think this remains one of the two or three best teams in football. They come back next year. Josh Allen, turno- the turnovers come back a little bit from where they were a year ago where mm-hmm. he led uh, the NFL in red zone turnovers. I feel like over 10.5 is easy here at minus 140. I think you're probably right. I think what they do is they look at what happens in the postseason, and it's solely them when they're looking to like, take a pick. But then you know they run the division. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be like Brett Favre was. Maybe there's some noise. It's a, bit, a definite upgrade. But you're talking about a guy that only won one Super Bowl. Last year he had statistically, I think, one of his worst years ever. Yeah, with the thumb injury. But and I'm with you. I think, I think that the Jets with Rodgers could be a third-place team. They could be a third-place team, and I look at, at what Buffalo's doing. I But I also say he's, they're one hit away, okay, from just anarchy because they can't lose that quarterback. Shane they Orling, can't lose Josh Allen. <laughs> Shane Orling in for Carmen with Mike North. It's the odds couple presented by Prop Swap. we got Jim Miller-Hawthorne Racecourse on the other side, ESPN 1000. This is the odds couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. 
This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to the Props. Welcome back to the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. Shane Orling in for Carmen DeFalco with Mike North. And we have Jim Murray, Hawthorne Racecourse, on the line with us. Jim, how's it going? Jimmy! Hey, what's up, boys? One week away from Kentucky Derby, so we're getting ready to kind of build that bankroll, get ready for that huge day, the first Saturday in May. Derby is going to be awesome next week, guys, and I'll tell you, it's going to be a great atmosphere at Hawthorne, at all our club Hawthorne OTB, so I'm looking forward to it for sure. How's the prep going for the Kentucky Derby? I know people are, like, watching all of the Derby prep races and going through it. What's it like for you? Yeah, it's been very cool just kind of watching all the Derby preps and seeing how things have come together. This past week has really been like those last workouts for the racehorses to get ready for everything leading into the Derby. And we have a horse stabled at Hawthorne by the name of Two Phils, who's going to be one of the top contenders for the Kentucky Derby. He had his final workout on Thursday morning, looked excellent going into the race. So it's nice to have local hopes going into the biggest race in the world. So we're really excited at Hawthorne, too. You know, Jimmy, I know you sat through the draft last night, and you know what? Well, they've been called, I mean, the athletes back in the day, you know, pieces of meat by themselves, saying we're, we're nothing but pieces of meat or, you know, uh, we're expendable, what have you. Uh, I'm sure you saw a lot of guys that were being overrated last night because I, according to one analyst I heard, there wasn't one bad pick in the draft. How, <laughs> how many would you say of the horses you've seen were overrated by percentage once you saw them because of hype, because of trying to get the betting public involved, because of the trainers that are trying to help sell for the owners. What would you say the percentage of overhyped horses are? When you look at a race like the Kentucky Derby, I'd say probably 50%, Mike. And the reason I say that is that the full field of 20, everybody basically does what they can just to get to the race. And there's a lot of times where they say, I'm there because I wanted to run in the Derby. I wanted that walk over to the paddock. But really, when you trim things down, maybe only half the horses truly belong. But that's the thing. In horse racing, you walk around, and if you ask people long enough, you'll get an opinion on every racehorse in every race, and somebody will make a case for it. So it's kind of like the way they analyze the NFL draft. If you really look hard enough, Mm -hmm. you can find a reasoning for everything. So when I handicap a race like that, I really just try to block out the noise look at what I have done, the way I look at the race, and then kind of trim things down from there. Uh, Jim, you know the drill. We're short on time here. You got your best plays for us this weekend? Yeah, three plays for you guys. We're going to bet all these horses across the board. So Oakland Park Race 9, bet the four lovely ride across the board. Then Oakland Race 10, the four again, ride it across the board. And then at Golden Gate Fields Race 11, we're going to bet the two Belnikoff across the board. And, guys, we're going to build that bankroll for Derby Day. All right, Jimmy. Hey, buddy, we appreciate it. Give us some horses one more time. All right, so Oakland Park, race 9 to 4. Oakland Park, race 10 to 4. And then Golden Gate Fields, race 11, number 2, and we'll make some money. You're the best, Jimmy. We appreciate it, all right? All right, guys. Good luck. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Hey, God. That's it.
Oh, Mikey, I, I am so excited <laughs> for the Kentucky Derby. It's an event, oh, yeah. and in my youth, uh, it's not something I paid a ton of attention to, but it is something that as I get older, I'm more and more intrigued well, by betting the ponies. Listen, it's the three hours that are excruciating, but you got to do it because the horse game isn't what it used to be. I used to know in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you, from Reaver Ridge to Damascus to Buck Passer, you knew every horse, Secretariat, I saw it live, I couldn't believe what I saw, and just now uh, these nice horses now that don't race as much as those horses used to, Cigar, other horses like that. I will say this, I used to watch the Kentucky Derby when it actually started at 429. Now you almost got to wait uh, for three hours, four hours. You're into the dinner hour. It's been nothing but a money maker, and it is an attraction. It's become sort of like the Indy 500, where it just Agreed. takes two hours to start the race. Exactly, and I just want to see him run for the best two minutes. The best two minutes in sports takes three hours to get to. <laughs> All right, Mike, it's time for our best bets here on the Odds Couple. Uh, what do you got this weekend? Well, you know what? I know that you're probably winning on a regular basis. I haven't lost in four weeks. Carmen got back on the snide with a one in one day. I didn't uh, win, but I didn't lose two and two last week. I'm only going to take one game. It's one that I have confidence in, just like uh, the one I, I bet the other night and got my brain speed in. I'm just saying, uh, sometimes it doesn't work out, but I'm taking the Memphis Grizzlies. They'll probably be getting five against the Los Angeles Lakers. Whenever I hear it's a must game and, and, and it's a must win, and the team that needs to win got their brains beat in regardless of where they played, I'm going to go still with the team that's not as heralded and take the five points. Yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm looking at that game. I don't actually have a play on it now, right. but I have a feeling I'm going to be on the under. You see a lot Good of point. times in these playoff series when it gets late, mm -hmm. uh, teams tighten up a little bit, and but they start playing tighter defense. Uh, the possessions can take a little bit longer. A lot of times, especially with LeBron teams, we've seen series go long, and his offenses take a while to get into their especially sets. Especially if he has to shoot threes and they're losing in the right. fourth quarter. They'll play a lot of longer possessions possession, uh, half-court offensive games. I think that this is a game, the total right now, 220, that could actually be played in the 90s. I don't hate the under uh, in well, game six way, here. I like that that you're taking that because I want to tell you, I want to tell Giannis, I love the man. I respect him, but I saw the greatest. Michael Jordan would have considered what happened a failure. Yeah. Period. End of story. And I bet you guys on the under in that game, and you didn't play any defense at all, and to lose to the Miami Heat 4-1 to one, when the Bulls could have knocked them off was atrocious. Cappy said the same thing. Uh, I also have one series prop for the people if they have any interests. The Philadelphia 76ers are plus 250 against my Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. It's the most ridiculous line on the board. It's entirely based on the Embiid injury. Yep. Embiid, nobody expects to miss this series. He will probably play five, if not six, games in this series if it goes the distance. I'm not telling you Philly's going to win, but if he's playing, this number's much more in the range of plus 130. Getting plus 250 is nuts. So a little bit of an emotional hedge for change. me. Couch change. I'm going to take the Sixers uh, plus 250 to win the series in the Eastern Conference semifinals. I love when you step out like that, and you know what? I just think that I'm going to be back on with the bonus play today at 148, so you you folks are going to be listening. Chase uh, Shez will be up by about 12 o'clock on the podcast. 
I'm only taking Memphis. You got any more picks, my friend? That's it. I've just got the Memphis Lakers under and then uh, the Sixers to win the series against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Well, that's what, Shea, you could do with me and Shea. You want? I'll take Memphis. Uh, take Memphis plus the five for my pick and take the under uh, with, uh, with yeah, Memphis. I the Mikey gotta... Shea parlay. Oh, How about God. that? You know, I don't know something. I'm writing it down right now. We'll do the Mikey Shea same <laughs> game. You get Memphis and you get the under. We're good to go. We're good to go. And you know what? Uh, after the smoke clears, you know, these, these draft picks are going to actually have to play, folks. And then we're going to see if you want to play back what you said. Just lose the tape, seriously. Right, seriously. Uh, great hanging out with you, Mike. Carmen's got to go out of town more often. Oh, we had a great time, buddy, and I'll tell you this. This was the second time you sat in. You did, on the first time, a great job. But once you familiarize, you're a stud, my friend. Shane Orling, Mike North. Uh, this is The Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. So long, everybody. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North. On ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.